This is Pastor Cody Sturgill. I'm so thankful you're listening today. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence. Keeping your heart is a daily work. We need to daily fill our minds with God's Word. Join me as we hear a Bible message from the pulpit of Chilhowee Baptist Church. took the risk, reached out to Paul, heard his testimony, gave him a chance, and then introduced him to the church. I bet you know now. Barnabas. It was him. That's the kind of guy that Barnabas was. Acts chapter 9, verse 26, if you'd like to make a note of where you can see that. Barnabas is the one who reached out and said, I'm going to hear what Paul has to say. And when he heard Paul's testimony, he spent some time and took a risk on on Paul. He went back to the church. He said, listen, church, I can testify to the fact that this is a saved man and God's going to use him in a great way. I'll tell you something. I like a Barnabas. I like a guy who says, you know what, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to hear you out. I'm not going to look down my judgmental nose, but I'm going to be the kind of guy that's going to reach out and try to help you and connect you to the church. I'll just tell you, we need folks who are willing to help connect the world with the church and bring people to faith in Christ. And We need Barnabases. That was Barnabas. Now, a little bit later, the Apostle Paul goes on a missionary journey. On his missionary journey, there's a man named Mark. Now, Mark was a new, was kind of a baby in the faith. They went out on a missionary journey, and Mark just had a rough time with it. And he kind of drug Paul down, and he refused to go any further. And, and we have a Bible record of a heated exchange between uh, Paul and Mark. And that Paul said, I'm not fooling with that kid anymore. You know who picked him up and took him on another missions trip, gave him another chance, mentored him, helped him along the way, a fallen brother like Mark? Do you know who did? I bet you know now. Barnabas. Barnabas was the kind of guy that when Mark had stumbled and fallen and hadn't done just right, he was the kind of guy who said, come on, man, I'm going to help you. I'm going to work with you. I want to encourage you. That's a Barnabas. That's a Barnabas. And then our text, chapter 11, the Bible says in verse 22, they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad. What did Barnabas do? The church said, we'll send Barnabas to this bunch of heathen. I can always picture them with bones in their noses and uh, hoops in their ears and they're uh, speaking a different language, eating something that uh, Barnabas has really no desire whatsoever to put in his mouth. Uh, Folks whose culture wasn't the same and attitudes weren't the same. They had a lot to learn. And I've always got this mental picture, and I've, I've used this as an illustration before, probably here. But Barnabas comes and he's there's this group of people in front of him. I can just imagine that they got word, all these new Christians got word that the, uh, the preacher from Jerusalem, from the church, is coming to, to town. And, and I can just imagine these folks getting together and gathering around. And I've got in my mind a bunch of, uh, of jungle-looking folks that have gathered around. They're excited about the preacher coming down. And when Barnabas steps into their presence, 
in that group of people seated around, these new Christians, they didn't look right, act right, live right, smell right, and they didn't know much of nothing about what it was to be a real Christian. But they'd given their heart and life to Jesus. And the Bible says when Barnabas saw them, what did he see? He said, oh, no, what a mess. He looked at it and said, oh, no, this is a disaster. What have I gotten myself into? He griped and complained. No, that's not what he said at all. The Bible says, and I can just see Barnabas. He walks into the presence, and there they are. I'm looking at this church because this is a pretty rough-looking bunch here. I call most of you family. <laughs> he walked to this church, and he didn't see the problems. He wasn't ignorant to them. He didn't see the issues. He wasn't ignorant to them. He looked at them, and he said, I see the grace of God. He said, I see what God can do in their lives. I see what God can do in this situation. I see what God wants to do. He saw what God could do and not the problem. And Barnes was that kind of guy. He was caring. You know, it's easy to be a thermometer. What do you mean? A thermometer. What's a thermometer do? You look at a thermometer, and the thermometer tells you what the temperature is. That's it. It's hot. It's cold. A thermometer at church looks like, this is terrible. This is awful. It's easy to be a thermometer. It's harder to be a thermostat. You know the difference? A thermostat will tell you the temperature, but it will also do something about it. A thermostat knows the temperature and does what's necessary to bring it down or bring it up. In the work of the church, determine to be a thermostat, would you? That's what you should tell folks this week as you're out and about. What did you learn at church? I learned I need to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. <laughs> Barnabas, what was he? He was the kind of guy, he was the kind of guy who cared enough to say, you know what, I'm going to see, I see what God can do. I see what God can do in this situation, and I'm going to rest in the Lord, and I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to be unkind. I'm not going to be faithless. He looked at them, and he saw the grace of God. He was caring. What else does a caring person do? The Bible says in verse 23, When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. What did he say? What do you want them to do? What did Barnabas do? A Barnabas gives them the right message. He says, here's what you need to do, guys. You're saved. You need to purpose in your heart to cleave to the Lord. He says, what you need is God. What you need is a relationship with Jesus. What you need is to rest in the Lord. And folks, I want you to know, if you want to be a blessing to people, the greatest thing you can ever do is point them to Jesus. Point them to the cross. Point them to the gospel. Point them to the hope. The only hope we have, the hope we have, which is in Christ Jesus. That's what Barnabas did. You see, a Barnabas is giving. A Barnabas is caring. And thirdly and finally, a Barnabas is Christ-like. Look what the Bible says in verse 24. For he was a good man 
and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. What's the Bible say about Barnabas? First of all, the Bible says that Barnabas was a good man. He was the kind of man that was pleasing the Lord with his life. Perfect? No, he was a man. He's the kind of man that was determined to please the Lord with his life. If God said it, he'd do his best to obey it. He was a good man. The Bible says, full of the Holy Ghost. He was a spiritual man. A spiritual man. Some people have this, uh, this fear of being spiritual. Oh, that's silly. A spiritual man is a man who lives a life in tune with God. And if you could be in tune with anybody, being in tune with God would be the highest and noblest goal. Being in tune with God means that you're doing what God wants you to do, and God only wants for you what is best for you. Oh, he was spiritual, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added to the Lord. What was the result of Barnabas' life? People came to faith in Christ. Oh, isn't it wonderful to see the life of a man whose the result of his life was others came to faith in Christ. You don't have to be a preacher to be that kind of person. It should be our noble goal to seek to point others to Jesus. That's what Barnabas did. God used him in a mighty way. Barnabas. What a great name. I told you part of the story about Biscuits getting his nickname. I was sitting right beside of him. You'll find this hard to believe, but when I was in elementary school playing Little League Baseball, I was a little bit tubby. <laughs> See, I told you to find it hard to believe. And I was sitting right beside a Biscuits, and the coach walks in. I was trying my best to keep my mouth shut. The coach walks in, and he says, you're all the time talking about being hungry. I'm calling you Biscuits from now on. He said, it just wouldn't be right. And he looked right beside of me and pointed at me. He said, it just wouldn't be right to have biscuits on our team without gravy. <laughs> he said, I'm going to call, call you gravy. I'll just tell you, I cringed to the depths of my soul. I thought, Lord, please help me. I don't want to be gravy. <laughs> I didn't remind nobody that the coach wanted to call me gravy. I didn't want to be called gravy. That's not what I wanted to be known for. And uh, just to be honest with you, there's a lot of other things I don't want to be known for either. I don't want to be known in my home as irritable and grouchy and unkind, faithless. I don't want to be known in this community as anything that would bring dishonor and wouldn't glorify my God and my Lord. I don't know about you, but if somebody would determine to call me Barnabas, that'd make me happy. That'd be good. Because I want to please God with my life. There's something in this text that I just love. And really, I care what you think. I care what the people around me think. I care what my wife and my kids think. I really do. But the Bible says something very important that we need to see. Here's what 
the Bible says. The Bible says that the apostles named him Barnabas. That's good. His peers said, man, you're an encourager. But I want you to see what the Bible says about him. The Bible says, God, in his word says, verse 24, this is what God thinks. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. His peers said, you're an encourager. But far more important than his peers, his God said, he's a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and faith. That's what God said. Now, what kind of reputation do you have with your peers? I pray it's a Barnabas. The real question is, what kind of reputation do you have with God, the creator of the universe? The first step to having the proper relationship with God is by getting saved, by humbling yourself and confessing your sin to the Lord, that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, asking Jesus to forgive your sins, committing your life to Christ, trusting Jesus and Jesus alone for your soul's salvation. The Bible teaches us that when you get saved, then God looks on you with the merit of his own son, sinless, perfect, and you're forgiven. You have the opportunity to serve the Lord. Oh my, if I could choose, I'd want to be a Barnabas. I'd want to have a reputation that's upstanding and right with the people around me. And I'd want to have a reputation that I was a pleaser of God, that I pleased God with my life. Oh, Barnabas. We can all learn a little something from Barnabas, can't we? He was giving, caring, and Christ-like. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. Keep Thy Heart Daily is a ministry of Chilhowee Baptist Church in Chilhowee, Virginia. To learn more about the ministries of Chilhowee Baptist Church, check us out at chilhoweebaptistchurch.com. If you'd like to financially support Keep Thy Heart Daily, please send your gift to Chilhowee Baptist Church, P.O. Box 838, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319.